This is Brain Diet, episode 196, how your thinking might be distorted and what to do about it. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today is all about distorted thinking and what to do about it. And the reason I chose this topic for today is very central to my message as a whole and very central to what I teach with my clients and everyone I work with. The thoughts we are thinking are what shape our lives. Our thoughts are what create our whole experience of our world, of our our lives, of everything around us. And if we do not learn to pay attention to the sentences that we are thinking, we miss the opportunity to entirely change our experiences, to change our life. Facts are not thoughts and thoughts are not facts. Facts can't be changed. So if you look outside and you see a tree, if you have a thought that's a tree, then your thought isn't a thought, it's just a fact. But if you look at a tree and you think, oh, that tree is really ugly, that is a thought. And that is what you have control over. And that's what you have control in order to change if you want to. Now, the reason that this matters is because how you think is what leads to how you feel. If you are thinking thoughts that lead to negative emotions, think of how when you feel negatively, that type of influence that that has on your day and on your life There are ways that thoughts just don't work for us. There are sentences and mindsets specifically that because we don't question, they will work against us and they will create negative results for us, whatever that might be individual to us. But when we have the chance to be aware of them and when be aware of them and when we capitalize on that awareness, then we have the ability to change them. And when we can change how we are thinking, we change how we feel. And when we change the emotions that we are feeling, we can completely change how we are showing up in the world. If you change your thinking to lead you to feel committed and motivated versus lazy and anxious, think about how you show up relative to those two states very differently. How you think leads to how you feel and how you feel is what determines how you show up in the world and what type of life you create. And so today in this episode, I'm sharing with you nine types of distorted thinking and what to do about it. Now, I also want to say that if you find any of these distorted patterns are true for you, it's not because anything's wrong with you, okay? I am sharing with you these types of distorted thoughts, again, as an awareness tool, simply to say, hey, there's this part of, of you that might be not working very well. It's kind of like if you had a house and you're like being made aware of a leak that you didn't know you had. It's not because something is inherently wrong with the house. It's just like, oh, I can be aware of that and I can fix it so that my house can function more efficiently so that we can live more comfortably in our house. This is what we're doing with our brains. And so if we identify these types of distorted thinking within ourselves, not for one second do I want you to 
blame yourself for thinking this way. It, it's totally fine. And you can do a lot about it to change it, to manipulate it in order to create a different experience for yourself. The first type of distort, distort, distorted thinking is all or nothing thinking. This is where life is very black and white. And if there is anything that is less than perfection, you might view it as a total failure. Now, again, separating the facts from the thoughts, the facts are just the information of what happened and the thoughts are, this is a total failure. So all or nothing thinking is simply a thought error as all of these distorted thinking patterns are. They are simply errors in the sentences of our brain that lead us to not show up in a healthy or useful way. And when we view things as a total failure, when we attach this opinionated thought to factual information, the action that typically follows is just further cementing this perceived failure. For example, if you said, I had one bite of pumpkin pie, I might as well eat the whole thing. The fact is, you had a bite of pumpkin pie. The thought is something like, I'm a total failure. And when we believe that, we give up, we quit, we eat the whole pie. Now, again, there's nothing to blame if this is the case, but it's simply a very valuable piece of awareness to have to create shifts in. It is not your entire identity, the way that you are thinking. They are simply sentences that you are perhaps very practiced at thinking. So be very careful when you label yourself as an all or nothing person. Because when you label yourself as something so grand as an entire person who is all or nothing, then it makes it more complicated to solve. And what I want to offer you here today is that all or nothing thinking is simply a sentence in your mind relative to a specific fact that maybe just isn't working in your favor. The truth is it's just single thoughts and you are not an all or nothing person. There's no such thing. You are just a person and you might have all or nothing thoughts and that's okay. Those are what we can change. But if you're an all or nothing person, that would be something that's a lot harder to change. But the truth is, it's just a thought in your mind that you have the ability to question and to change. So the key to all or nothing thinking, what to do about it, is to identify what you are thinking when you thought it. So if you take a bite of pumpkin pie, what is it that you're thinking? If you have a thought like, I'm a total failure, I might as well give up, I'm worthless. If you can notice those sentences, then you have a starting point. You can say, oh, I'm, I'm making this fact mean something very, very grand. Be specific with all or nothing thinking. Look at specific circumstances because then it gives us clarity. It becomes very clear what's happening in specific moments versus a grand and more nebulous problem. Once you are specific and you can identify specific thoughts that you have about things that you feel like are all or nothing, then because you're aware of it, you can look out for it in the future. And in the future, you can pause and question it. The second type of distorted thinking, wow, you're going to have to listen to a whole episode of me saying distorted thinking, and it is it is going to be a mess. So here we are. That's my thought for today. <laughs> this is going to be a mess, and that's okay. The second type of distorted thinking is overgeneralization. This is where you see singular events as a never-ending life of defeat. Overgeneralization thoughts typically include words like always or never. Now, this is something that my children are very good at doing. I will tell them that they can't have a piece of candy and they'll say, mom, you never let me have candy. This is a gross overgeneralization because the truth is I probably have let them have candy earlier today or yesterday. But when we have this thought that is so general, again, it becomes a much bigger problem. 
And that's why overgeneralization can be problematic is because it makes a problem so much bigger and thus much more difficult to solve. We might have a thought like, I am never going to get this goal of mine. I'm never going to reach this goal of mine. And when you think this way, it is really discouraging. And you might think that it's just a legitimate observation. You might think this is just going to be too hard. I'm never going to reach my goal. But that is so discouraging, not because it's true, but because it is a sentence you've chosen to think that's leading you to feel an emotion. And this is where confirmation bias can really put us into further pain because we can make a statement like, mom, you never let me have candy. And then our brain looks for all of the ways in which that is true. It can recall all of the times when I didn't give my kids candy. Now, again, there probably are a lot of times, but if we're only consciously looking for that, we're just giving our brain more proof, more evidence to continue thinking this way. And that can be really problematic and painful for you because you will therein limit yourself and your own possibilities because of these blanket blockade statements that it's never going to happen for you, that you will never reach your goals. And so the key for overgeneralization is to get specific with the event that you are generalizing, with the event that you think is life ending. Make it factual. Mom didn't give me a piece of candy. And zoom your lens way out and ask opposite questions. When has mom given me candy in the last few days? How have I improved in the last five years? Instead of looking for all of the ways that you failed and all the ways that it's not going to work, ask your brain the question, how have I improved over the last five years? And your brain will go to work finding an answer. The third type of distorted thinking is a mental filter. And this is where you pick out a single detail and you dwell on it exclusively. For example, social media, my friends, Instagram comments, you might get 50 positive ones and you get one negative one. And that is the one that you give all of the weight and the mental energy to. This is common. I hear this often, that no matter how many positive things people will say, that what we tend to focus on is the single negative comment. So the key for this type of thinking is to zoom out and neutralize all of the comments. The truth is what other people say about us, other people's opinions about us, whether it's online or in person or to someone else, whatever it is, they are all just words. And these comments are not good. They're not bad. They're not positive. They're not negative. They are just words in the universe. Those are the facts. But we make them good or bad based on how we think. And if we have really intense mental filter type thoughts of my world is ending because of this one single comment, that is a painful thought. And that thought is the reason you're feeling the way that you are and not the comment itself. The reason that we want to neutralize comments is because if we still think that some are good and some are bad, we are still giving credit to the fact for how we feel. We are not taking responsibility for how we feel. We're saying, oh, well, it's not so bad and who cares what people think? We're still giving credit to the fact for making us feel how we feel. But the reason we feel the way we feel is because of how we are thinking. So pause and neutralize whatever someone has said about you. Now, if you have a hurt response, that's okay. Your brain had a thought and you want to feel hurt and that's okay. But direct your brain to what you think about yourself. Instead of trying to be positive about the comment or be positive about what the person said, ignore all of it and just direct your brain to what you think about yourself. And so when you find that you fixate on singular details and you dwell on it exclusively, zoom out, take a breath and separate the facts from the thoughts. 
Distorted thinking type number four is discounting the positive. This is where you insist that even if you did well, that it was a fluke. And so you just consistently discount positive experiences. This is something that I would do at times with performing that when I would, and I was, I've been a singer, I've I've performed a lot of times over the last 20, my whole life really. And when I would do really well, there were times where I wanted to discount it and be like, well, you know what, maybe that was just a fluke because it seems like most of the time I do poorly. And who really knows what it actually was, but discounting in this way, thinking these types of thought is, thoughts, they, it's a set of dismissive and unkind thoughts about yourself, essentially. It is taking anything you have done and deciding to ignore the information that might support you've done well. And so the key for this type of thinking is regardless of how you performed, regardless of, of what you did or didn't do, remember, they are just facts. You might have sang a song. That's the fact. That's just information. You then have the choice to be nice to yourself no matter what. So if you notice yourself discounting your positive experiences, you have a chance to question that thought to say, hey, brain, why are we doing this? Let's go a different direction. And don't make your worth contingent upon a performance. So for me now, when I perform, if I do well, if I do terribly, I'm proud of myself regardless. And I know that I am a brave person no matter how I did. And so the thoughts I choose to think when I want to discount the positive is just to say, I'm so proud of myself for trying. Instead of saying, oh, I did a really great job or, oh, I did a really horrible job. I focus on my own efforts. I did a great job. I did my best. And I'm so proud of myself for that. Distorted thinking, number five, is jumping to conclusions. This is where you interpret things negatively when there are just no facts to support your conclusion. For example, someone not texting you back. You send a text to someone and you get ghosted. In this case, many of us will take that fact and jump to conclusions, some very extreme. You might also do this when you suggest somewhere to eat. You assume ahead of time what someone will suggest, that they will hate it, that they'll be upset that you suggest it, that they'll think that you're stupid for suggesting it. The key if this is something you find yourself doing, is to always wait to gather more information. Even consider thinking the thought, you know, I don't have all the information here. When someone doesn't text me back, that's always the thought that I go to. I just don't have all the information here. Maybe they didn't want to talk to me and that's okay if that was what they chose to do. But also, I'm not going to jump to that conclusion and marry myself to it because I just don't have all of the information. And sometimes I will gather more information and follow up And most of the time, it'll be some reason unrelated to me why someone didn't text me back. But even if they didn't want to text me back, that's okay. And sometimes I will gather more information and other times I won't. I just won't let my brain jump to conclusions. So pause and consider what you might not know and ask questions. When you can pause and slow down, jumping to conclusions can be prevented. In addition to this, don't take ownership over other people's brains. What other people are thinking is none of your business. And if they approve of you or disapprove of you, if they like you, if they don't, that's just what is meant to stay in other people's brains. And it's not something that you are responsible for. We each have our own opinions about the world and it doesn't say anything about you. If someone has a negative opinion, it just says something about them. So ask a lot of questions, pause and slow down. Distorted thinking type number six is emotional reasoning. 
This is where you assume that your negative emotions factually reflect the way things actually are. So this would be something like, I feel terrified about going on airplanes. It must be really dangerous to fly. You take an emotion and you make it mean something. You might have something like, I feel so insecure, so I must not be lovable. Or maybe you think, I am so anxious. Something really terrible must be coming or something terrible is going to happen. Now, here is the key to this, the truth to this, the thing that is important about emotional reasoning is thoughts create our feelings. Feelings are information about what's happening in our brain and not about what is actually true. If you feel anxious, it doesn't mean anything other than you had a thought that led to you feeling anxious. And this right here is is a, a key to my emotional health and the way that it has done a complete 180 over the last decade is because I stopped making my negative emotions mean something. Instead, I just recognized, oh, I'm feeling insecure. It's just coming from a sentence. It's not because something's wrong with me. It's not because I'm unlovable. It's not because anything is wrong, period. It's just because I have a sentence in my mind that's leading to an emotion. So be curious about how you feel, pause, observe those emotions, and don't snowball. Recognize emotions are just information about the sentences in our mind. That's all they are a reflection of. And they can be really useful. Negative emotions can be very helpful and there are things that we don't want to get rid of, but don't take them and make them mean something very painful and awful about you and your life and about the world. Distorted thinking type number seven is should statements. Thoughts that are filled with I should, I shouldn't. And these types of thinking are ways to argue with reality by believing things should be or should have been different. For example, saying something like, I should be thinner. I should be, I should weigh less than I do. Or I should be a better mom. I'm such a terrible mom, I should be better. Or I shouldn't eat that candy. Or I shouldn't be so lazy. Usually we utilize these phrases hopefully to motivate ourselves. This is our initial intention, right? It's more like, man, if I if I think, oh, I should really be thinner. Oh, I shouldn't eat the candy. Oh, I should be a better mom. We think that will motivate us. But again, if you take a thought like, I shouldn't be so lazy, if you check in with the emotion that comes as a result of that thought, my guess is it's probably more along the lines of guilt and shame or just in that world of negativity. These should statements are so sneaky because they sound nice. They really do. They sound like they are, they are kind and motivating, but they are not. And so the key for these should statements is to try on the idea that what's going on in your life is a fact and that's okay. For example, if you were to say, if you struggle with thinking I should be thinner, try on something like this is my body right now and that's okay. Or if you think, oh, I should be a better mom. Try on something like, sometimes I get frustrated and that's okay. I'm a human and I love myself anyway. It's all okay. If you have something about candy, I shouldn't eat that candy. Think I ate that candy and that's okay. Or sometimes I'm lazy and that's okay. Notice how when you just allow things to be okay in your life, how You release yourself of so much pressure and pain. So avoid these should statements. Just make, and that's okay, your sidekick. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever your body looks like, 
that's okay. Distorted thinking type number eight, labeling. Labeling is an extreme form of all or nothing thinking. Now, again, I mentioned this, that some of us think I am an all or nothing person. This is a thought we are having, a label we are giving to ourselves that can be very harmful in terms of how it leads to us showing up in our lives. And so what might happen with labeling is instead of saying, I had dessert last night, you label yourself as a failure who can never follow through with anything. Now, again, the fact in this situation, you had a dessert last night. And the thought that you are having that falls into this category of labeling is that I'm a failure who can never follow through on anything. Now, again, the fact that you have this thought, nothing's wrong with you. It's just a sentence in your mind that you're probably really good at thinking. And you have the ability to be aware of it, to question it, to change it. And what happens is when you have these labels that make these drastic assumptions about you and your life, it can lead to issues with self-esteem and just overall quality of life. Because you have these labels of, of yourself that when you think them lead to really negative emotions. So the key here, my friends, and this is really important, you are not your actions. You exist as a human. You are a human body. Humans exist. And what we do is not who we are. Now, that's not to say that what we do doesn't have consequences. It certainly does. Our actions have consequences, but what we do is not who we are. Who we are is a 100% worthy being. And this is true because we didn't create us. We are not in charge of creating humans. It's something that bodies were just designed to do. There is a greater, a greater force in the universe that creates humans beyond what we can consciously think through. And so because of that, we are 100% worthy and we are not our thoughts, we are not our feelings, and we are not our actions. And so whatever it is you have done or not done, you are still worthy and whole. Failure is an idea that is made up in our brains. And so we might take an action. I ate a dessert last night and we attach this idea of failure. I am such a failure. I can't follow through on anything. We attach that thought to our actions. The fact is we did something. And that's neutral. That's just information. But the labels we give ourselves are what can be so problematic. So recognize that failure and labeling something as a drastic failure is optional. The ninth and last type of distorted thinking is personalization and blame. Personalization is when you hold yourself personally responsible for an event that isn't likely under your control. And so we might do this with our kids, for example. We might get some feedback from a teacher that our child is struggling in school. And what happens is we personalize it. We make it mean, I am such a bad mom. Now, if I got an email from my son's teacher, for example, that said, hey, you know, he's really struggling. This is the fact. This is the information, the email that says words. This doesn't mean that I'm a bad mom. It doesn't mean that I'm a good mom. It's just an email with words. And because that is true, I then have the chance to be able to say, what do I want to make this mean? And if this were to happen, I would make, I would have a thought about it. Like I'm going to be sure to help him. How might I be able to show up and help him navigate through this instead of making it mean I'm such a bad mom. There's no upside to personalizing something that you are not in charge of, even with our kids. Yes, we might be raising them, but that does not mean we are entirely responsible for everything they think and do. They are separate humans with agency. 
We also might do the opposite with this type of distorted thinking. We might blame circumstances in our lives as a way of avoiding our own responsibility in situations. I hear this a great deal when it comes to weight loss is people will just make these general statements that's blaming something outside of them, thus vindicating them of any type of control. Something like, I can't lose weight because my body is just so messed up. I can't lose weight because my hormones are just so messed up. And we make these statements and whether we are blaming or personalizing, both prevent us from looking at something neutrally in order to find a constructive path forward. If I just think, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad mom because my kid is struggling in school. Does that help me show up for him? Does that help me move forward? Does that help me create some type of change or progress? No. And the same goes for these blame statements that blame things outside of us. When you blame your hormones or your body being so messed up, whatever that means, you completely limit your ability to say, well, what can we do next? What should be our next plan of action in order to move ourselves forward toward the goal that we ultimately want to achieve? So the key for personalization is and blame is to really pause. And if you haven't been able to tell already is a lot of the common thread through all of these is to be able to pause and examine. And sometimes it can be difficult to pause and examine what you're thinking. And this is why specificity matters. This is why it's important to get so specific with the fact that you are having the thought about. And it can be challenging, and this is where a coach can be hugely helpful to help you kind of distinguish between the facts of your life, the thoughts of your life, and, you know, be able to work through those in a very constructive way. But in this case, personalization and blame, pause and see how the thought makes you feel, I am such a bad mom. And when you think that thought, think about how it feels in your body. For me, if I were to think that, I would feel really ashamed and maybe sad. And when I'm feeling ashamed and sad, that does not lead me to show up as a better mom. In fact, it does the opposite. And so question those sentences or those blanket sentences, those blanket statements like I can't lose weight because my body is just my body's too messed up. Question the sentence and find wiggle room. What if it's possible that I'm wrong about that? What if it's possible that there could be a different way to look at this? But until you can neutralize the facts, it will be difficult to have a different thought. And this is a part of coaching that's so important. We must see that facts are neutral. We must see that we are the ones creating our emotional experience with how we are thinking. Because once we truly see it, then we are able to change it because we understand it. And so when we can look at our life like this, like dominoes with specific situations, specific thoughts, it might feel like how could this possibly you know, change my life in a positive way when I'm getting so specific with something? And the answer is that's exactly the way to change your life. Because the more specific you can get with specific problems, then the more broadly you can apply them. Then the more broadly you can apply these skills. But you have to get specific first because trying to change your thinking when it's big and nebulous and feels so large, it feels like an unsolvable problem. So get specific. When you do this, when you start to pay attention to what you're thinking, you open up a window to change your entire experience of your life. And this is what I am so passionate about as a life coach is, is helping you understand the power that you have with your own brain to change your life and to create the life of your dreams. And that is something that is such a beautiful gift and something that I am so honored to be able to teach. So keep that in mind. Keep these things that I have shared with you today in mind that if you notice some of these distorted thought patterns, it's okay. Nothing is wrong with you. And 
you can absolutely change these things. And in doing so, help yourself feel better. Eliminate a lot of pain. That is all I have for you. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.